Hey, everybody. Welcome to an all-new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. I'm Andy, sitting, um, well, I almost said sitting right next to me. That's not true. A few doors away in our uh, in our bedroom trying to sleep off uh, this cold is Jenny, and 115 miles for Southwest is Megan. Hello. Sitting in Megan. the same old spot. Yeah. Megan, let's do the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. Oh, okay. You got some? I have a Diet Coke. Ah. Ah. How about you? Oh, look at that. I have Grazzi wine. Hmm. It's in a box. Six, 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 six. Hey, I want to ask you, do you know about this um, Stanley Cup thing? The thing that all, like, the soccer moms carry around? Yeah, when did that start? I don't know. Has it, like, uh, supplanted Yeti as the fashionable tumbler? I think it has, but, like, in an annoying way. Like, I don't, I would not want to be caught carrying a Stanley Cup because of the implications of Karen-ness that go with it. Also, people pay bananas prices for, like, limited edition ones and stuff. And I think that's um, so you know more about this than I do, because I didn't know I didn't know about like demographics and, you know, like rare Stanleys. I didn't know much about it. I knew it was like a thing. And then like literally a news podcast I listened to was like. Uh, I guess Starbucks and Stanley Cup had like a collaboration and they sold out immediately. And then people were like hawking them on eBay for like hundreds of dollars. And I'm just like. Who pays for that? But I don't know. I collect other stupid shit. So if I were a Stanley Cup woman, I guess I would. Um, and I don't want to limit it to women. But from all I've heard, it's it's very, uh, it's very like, you know, mom. It's very live, laugh, love is what I would classify it as. That is, is, that, is that Karen energy? I don't know. I just kind of put them all together in like... Um, I don't want to do the live, laugh, love lifestyle. You can picture the font. You can see, like, what that is hanging up in someone's house. And I find that grating. So, <laughs> so that's just me. Um, but, yeah, like, it's that vibe. It's like, uh, I'm so busy. I'm on the run picking up my kids and doing things. And so I've got my Stanley Cup, so I'm hydrated. And uh, I got to go to the gym. And blah, 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 And it just makes me – it's all just the lifestyle that I don't leave. It's – I'm trying to be more positive in the new year. It's not for me, is what I'll say. It is. It's not for me. It's not marketed to me. It doesn't need to be for me. But yeah, that's the vibe I get off it. Is um, that energy that live, laugh, love. Are you trying to like cut down on the snark on Maine for the new year? Is that one of your resolutions? No, I love snark, but I do think it would be healthier for everyone involved if like we all just acknowledge that sometimes things we don't like just aren't for us it doesn't mean it's garbage or trash and i never condone sometimes it does though um look sometimes things are objectively bad sometimes you have to step back and realize it's just not for you (laughs) and i think i'm trying new year new me which i hate that phrase it's just not for me um 
I'm trying to realize that distinction and be a little less shitty about things because, you know, you never know what people like. And I don't want to inadvertently ruin someone's day just because I didn't like something, Uh, you know, like Batman versus Superman. It's just not for me. The Flash. That's for me. That's that's just a recent example. Yes. Yeah, we'll save it. Um, But yeah, I I am trying to be a little a little less judgy in that sense but i actually don't really care this the stanley cups are not for me i think it's bananas how much of a craze they are like they people collect them people uh go really wild for them and i from what i've seen the demographic of those people is like ladies uh, in their 30s and 40s so you decide you you judge so i was did, looking at them the other day when i okay, first heard i was gonna say how did you come across this phenomenon I don't even know. I don't even remember. It was so well. I'll, no, okay. So I don't remember how I came across it, but I will. The reason I ended up googling it after I heard about it was because I was really confused because the Stanley Cup is Hockey. the trophy you win when you win the NHL Finals. Yes, I had the same moment of confusion of like, <laughs> what are people talking about? Yeah. So I thought it was like, are people like buying? replica stanley cups and drinking out of them is this like a thing and that i thought that that's the fun sounding trend to me i was gonna say i think that would be more fun i think i would totally get behind that trend for sure yeah Yeah. that's like that's like playful and like you know like completely preposterous and and really not efficient at all because that thing is enormous and you get you you like hold it like a like a goblet you know depending on how the replica goes like how I was, I was picturing a one-to-one replica where, like, the mouth is so wide and you would just basically, like, dump anything oh that you my have. God. But anyway, so I ended up <laughs> Googling it, and it looks like just, you know, a fairly standard tumbler. Um yep. Like this, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it on Amazon right now. You can get a the uh, the Stanley Quencher H2.0 is, is a $50 tumbler. Which I feel like that's probably like kind of in line with Yeti, which I think is kind of the that's like the Mercedes of that. Uh, yeah, that's the prestige that product, brand. Right? Yeah, and I think they were around first. I don't. Oh know. yeah, sure. Well, I mean, unless this Yeti thing, unless this Stanley thing took a really long time to. I mean, the Yeti brand up. has definitely been around first. I think I don't know if the tumbler, the Stanley inspired the Yeti or the Yeti inspired the Stanley. But yeah, it is just a basic ass tumbler. There's a yeah. straw that comes out of it. It has a handle. I, I get the impression that the handle really sets it apart. People fucking love that handle for convenience. See, my Bubba has a handle. Yeah. Well, but and yours it's detachable too. I like that about that. Cause it yeah. like you could just slide it off and transfer it to a different Bubba. Yeah. Um so in that way I think that's the superior tumbler. But you know, Stanley is the hot commodity these these days for some reason now we of course are you know and i, I use the royal we to encompass you and jenny we're mm-hmm. brooming people largely yeah i've i've really like lashed onto the brewmate yeah and they even have like hydration options it's not all about the alcohol of brewmate it's primarily about the alcohol but they'll they'll get, get you hydrated too it's true i just don't yeah. bother buying those because i don't really like water that much <laughs> so. oh yeah how's that going um, I'm working on it. I have I have a 40 ouncer that I bought like on Amazon like many many years ago, 
And I've been trying to keep up with it, but honestly, the need to pee constantly when you drink water like you're supposed to and be healthy, it's, it's so just annoying. so annoying. Yeah. It's so inconvenient. Are you what like trying I... to just like drink one of those a day or multiple or what? I was trying to drink two. 80 ounces of water is like a solid, I think. It, it's like more than recommended, sixty. the recommended 64, but like less than, I don't know liters my bubba is 32 ounces so i try to drink yeah i I drink about two of those a day yeah so i'm trying but man like water plain water is just so boring i'm a child i I, it's so boring it is it's really it tastes really good in the summer like when your body like literally needs it and it's like yes it's like you're almost like your body's tricking you into thinking those this is believe this this is delicious because you really we really need you to drink this right now it's when it's so cold and delicious yes but like in the winter now it's cold outside so uh when it's cold it makes me cold and when it's not cold it's just kind of like ew (laughs) i i'm the worst adult ever but yeah i should drink more water i'm trying but the peeing thing is really inconvenient to my day i really don't like to be tethered to places that have indoor restrooms that are not public you know just in case what if i wanted to do something what if i was on a call what if i'm on this call what if i have to pee that's that's what water does to you Mm. i um was i gonna say oh i've been trying the um i don't think i talked about this on the podcast i think i was just texting with you about it because i it sounded like some something that you would have done, and I was right. Um, the, the cold, the blast of cold at the end of a shower thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I've been doing that, right? And I've got it to where I can do it for like 30 seconds at the end. Oh, my God. And it sucks so bad. And, <laughs> and, um, and I'm not really noticing any benefits yet. Aside, it's like, it's, you know, I am, I do feel like it wakes me up more. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. I haven't I haven't noticed any of the other supposed uh, benefits just yet. So we'll see. I even when I was doing it, it didn't last for thirty seconds. I just sort of like did it on the path to turn the shower off, so it'd be like five seconds, and I'd be like, "Ew, gross!" and then just turn it off. So I'm giving them a go because <laughs> I don't even know why. I don't know. I'm just I'm trying. I don't know. Try new stuff. This. I say this as I'm sitting here like devouring Tussie Rolls, but I, I I do feel like, uh, I don't know. I would like to, I need to like relearn how to work out. Like yeah. I used to be able to do it when I was in high school and I feel like I've just like lost that. Also, that was like literally 23 years ago now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, just, I need to like, I need to, I don't think I'm ever going to be a skinny person. I don't think that's ever going to happen for me. Right, right. But I would like to be like, I would like, to, I would like my my heft to be a little more functional than it has been in the last few years. That can happen. You can do no, that. No, it, it for sure can. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just, I just need to like figure out. I just need to figure something out as far as like working out. It's hard with the baby now too, you know. Oh yeah, it's like the the most stressful time to try and start. But I mean. Yeah. You guys got that Peloton. That's a thing, right? You used to love the Peloton. I don't know where it lives now. It lives in Jenny's office. Okay. Well, you yeah. know, that's it's around. I will say, uh, 
since we're talking New Year's and changes and stuff. And I hate that that's a thing because resolutions are so stupid. You just don't need to wait to the new year to do things that are good for you. No, um, but it can, it can propel you. Yes, but I, I got a sleep mask because, you know, I I don't have blackout curtains. And I have, a, you know, like a dog. And there's lights in my room from, like, various like computery things. Uh, so I got a sleep mask to sort of, like, hit it at the source. And I got to say... It really helps me sleep, and I've really enjoyed it because it just it just blacks out everything. It's like sleeping in a cave, and uh, I don't know. It's a weird little change that I feel like has gotten me a lot of good sleep, so recommended to those out there who can handle it. I thought sleeping with something on my eyes would be really uncomfortable. It's fine. It doesn't bother me. Does your room just because... You know, do, do, are there just, like, lots of little electronic lights that are on? Yes. Like, I've got a little, like, a repeater back here for the internet. I've got, like, a plug that has, like, a little light on it to indicate that, I guess, power is coming to it, which is, like, that it's a plug. I <clears throat> I get it. But, like, you know, like, power strips and um, various things like that. Like, I, it, it's incredible how much random little electronic lights are on. You don't realize until you just black out your room and then you're like, wait, it's awesome. So much better. That's cool. Yeah, I'm sure they're not for everyone, but that's been a change I've made. And honestly, it has helped me just stay asleep immensely. And when I wake up in the middle of the night for like shifting around, I go back to bed so quickly because I think there's no like lights or anything just like hitting me. So... Just a recommendation. Just throwing that out there. New year, new me. Live, laugh, love. <laughs> Bless this mess. Ugh, God. Um, oh, something cool happened today. Um, we booked a vacation for the Ooh. first time since uh, fall of 2019. Oh, my God. A post-COVID... A post-COVID... Uh, pandemic it turned into epidemic or whatever mm-hmm. yeah endemic. oh <laughs> endemic okay where are you going what are you doing tell everybody your plans and when you'll be gone and your home address <laughs> yes uh we're going we're going to destin which is a place we've gone to a lot and nice. uh and in fact that was the last place we went back in 2019 and uh we so we, yeah we booked the we booked the beach house today and uh very exciting very exciting nice yeah Late September. Oh, very fun. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good time to go. Good time to go. Yeah. So I'm pretty, I'm, I'm kind of buzzing on that just because, I don't know, I feel like Jenny and I need something like this. I mean, you're taking the child with you, correct? We're taking the child, although when I told my parents that we had booked a trip, um, my mom said, oh, can, is, is Emma going to stay with us? Oh, my God. Jenny wouldn't allow it. She couldn't stand that. But no, we're going to fly and, you know, have her in the lap and, and all that. So Nice. Okay. She'll still be under two when it happens. So she didn't, we don't have to buy her a ticket. Very nice. Save mm-hmm. on that while you can. Thought, you know, try to get like one use out of that at least. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How about you? You guys usually do a, a family trip. 
anything um, I, I, know, I know it's just like kind of like your mom just one day will tell you what the family's doing that summer but has it happened yeah. yet she hasn't told me but my dad did mention that they were talking about taking it he, he said she wanted to take a trip and he talked about it as if it was like all of us going but at no point did he say so does that work with your schedule or so does that work for you too me and my sister so on some level i'm like maybe they're just planning a trip without us <laughs> but on the other side of it i don't think they do that usually they don't usually go off by themselves because they get bored they always invite us so i don't know i don't know I don't or your know. mom drags back covid from mexico yep that was fun that one time <laughs> i hope she learned her lesson god damn it through the whole family but no hint of where where it, it might be happen just just like generic we want to take a trip kind of talk uh yeah probably somewhere where we can uh use the e-bikes that we all have and uh take the dogs because that is again the type of family we are there's oh, no so children like not a not a like a flying vacation or a train vacation but a but a car trip probably yep okay. somewhere the dogs can go because there's four of them now, and they're starting to outnumber us. Well, they're not outnumbering us. We're on equal footing. But I feel like some days, emotionally, they outnumber us. <laughs> I was trying to get... Um, I was trying to see if Jenny would maybe want to drive to Destin. Because we've mm -hmm. done that before. And not with a baby, obviously. But it occurred to me that we have all this shit that we have to take with us now. <laughs> Yes. So, do you have a bunch of checked bags? Then is that how that that works? Like, I guess that's what we have to do. We have to like check the stroller and a pack and play and all that shit. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe actually, maybe the place could provide a pack and play. I'll have to, I'll have to look into that. Yeah. See, that's why I would think you'd want to drive. But then again, I'm a freak show that has like a full on van because I have a dog. <laughs> you have a cool that is van. my child. Thank you. I appreciate that. I don't know if any vans are technically cool, but well, um, I, I mean, drive it and I'm proud of it. It doesn't have a wizard painted on the side of it, but it's still pretty cool. That's true. It does not. I mean, I guess I could try to save up to get a wizard painting on the side of it, but right now it's just a plain old van. Can you imagine? That would be so cool. I think you should do that. <laughs> I think you would be absolutely unhinged, and I like it for that reason. So maybe. Yeah. Probably wouldn't help with the trade-in value when the time comes but you know oh, well, i don't trade in cars i run them into the ground or i smash them into another well situation but, but i think i think this is <laughs> i think you should definitely do this i kill them when i'm done with them yeah man all right well that's <laughs> that's what's going on with us um <laughs> let's talk about uh let's talk about AEW. why don't oh, we hmm. We got some news and stuff. Everything that's happened since uh, since our last show. Um, so uh, Dave Meltzer was saying that uh, Pack will be back soon. Oh my god! I was just kind of wondering where that guy was. Yeah. Um, so the last time he wrestled was on the July twenty sixth episode of Dynamite. Oh my god! And and in August there was like a kind of a, a vague announcement that he had an injury. And it wasn't disclosed, like because you know, like they don't they don't disclose that, and it's none of our business technically, even though we really want to know. And yeah, that's kind of been it. We haven't really heard about it since then. So 
So Hopefully, now that he'll be back soon. Well, now that we know he's coming back, is there any word on what that injury turned out to be? No, we still know nothing. Damn it, I'm so nosy. I just want to know. I know, right? Yeah. Okay, um, I'm glad he's back, though. Or I'm glad he's coming back. Yes. Um, another report from Dave Meltzer. He said uh, he wrote in uh, on a daily update on the Wrestling Observer website. Uh, on last night's show, meaning this would have been last Wednesday's, um, or no, this would have been um, last Saturday's show, like the Collision show he's talking about. Oh, okay, yeah. On last night's show, there were no teases for Mercedes Monet or for her appearing Wednesday in Jacksonville. What I know is that AEW does expect her to start on TV soon, but as noted, until it happens and the contract itself is signed, I wouldn't consider anything 100%. Um, one would think there would be some sort of tease of surprise issues to appear since that's been the case with most major signings. Um, but then he points out that Sting's original debut in Jacksonville came out of nowhere. So that anyway, sounds so that's him going on the record and saying that he heard from AEW that they expect her to start soon. So yes, the way he phrased that sounds so definitive that the the fact that you had to say until a contract was signed for me to not think a contract was signed because of how he phrased it. So Dave, you better not be fucking around. I guess we don't know for sure the contract's not signed. It just sounds like he doesn't know. Yeah, but the way he, I'm, I mean, saying like her debut is expected, it's you don't just say that about someone who <laughs> who you you don't have a contract for. Or you're not like deep in contract negotiations to the point of like there will be a contract for. I don't know. I mean, TK did sign Christian what like the day he debuted because it was like a verbal agreement up until that point mm-hmm. Ugh, so. punk, right didn't punk say he signed his contract like the day that day or something yeah and maybe it was punk instead just of christian completely fucking unhinged <laughs> yeah i just know that uh a, sh- a show was built around punk and i i would fully believe that tony Khan was just like yeah it was a handshake agreement up until like five minutes before the show when he signed the contract because that is very tk of him is very TK. Do we talk about? We talked a little bit about Wrestle Kingdom last week, right? I just mentioned that Dawson Okada was great. Yes. Okay. So um, they're going to get my money for one more month, I think, because they are doing a uh, Brian Dawson Zack Saber Jr. rematch Ugh. at the next uh, big show, January 11th. Um, That's today. In Osaka. <clears throat> no, sorry, February 11th in Osaka. Okay. And uh, so. That's very exciting. So Brian's heading back to Japan for that. And I kind of wonder if like, if that's going to be like some regular thing for him this year. It's his last year, supposedly. Yeah. But that is exciting. I mean, that, that Danielson CSJ match at final, uh, not final. I want to say final Wrestle- door. Wrestle Forbidden Kingdom, door. Right? Oh yeah. Wrestle Kingdom. Sorry. Forbidden door Wrestle is Kingdom. what, what I would think it would be, but yes, Wrestle, Wrestle Dream. Wrestle Dream, not Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Dream. Look, a lot of words jumbled up in my brain. Two okay. Words. Forbidden Door and Wrestle Kingdom and Dream and you know, whatever. It was a good match, and I'm excited. Do you think that uh, Zach is going to win this one since Danielson defeated him in the first one? Maybe, although, like, you know, depending on how much 
<clears throat> um, New Japan values Brian Danielson working over there. I don't know if you want him losing two high-profile matches in a row like that. Oh, but the the thing with the Zack Saber match was that he beat him by not submission, but like he he hit him or did a move, right? Like that was Zack's whole complaint: is you didn't actually submit me. Yeah, you, I think he passed him with like a a complicated cradle or something like that. Yeah, so like there would be some precedence, but I guess you're right. Two big matches in a row would be less than ideal. I'm just curious. Um, Ray Phoenix is uh, has a bad injury. <laughs> oh God. Um, he's he was interviewed by by uh, Denise Salcedo at a uh, media event promoting Marvel's Echo the other day, and uh, he said, "We are working on the recovery." I think it's my worst injury. I'm taking my time doing a good job in my recovery. I put everything with the doctors. I'm doing my best. And I think I can't talk so much about it, but soon, soon I'll be in the ring doing Lucha Libre, doing the thing that makes me so happy. And he of course has been out of action since, uh, God, what, like October when he lost the international championship to Orange Cassidy. Yeah. And I suppose no word on what that injury actually is. Well, Dave Malzer at the time wrote that it was a bad back, bad hip, or both. Oh, that's not good. Okay. No, but it sounds, hey, it sounds like fairly soon we could have the death triangle reconstituted for at least a short while before one of them gets hurt again. It seems like those guys never get much time. They get together, and then something bad happens. And it's, yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate because it's such a cool trio. Yeah. God. All right. Well, I hope... I hope he rehabs it quite well and can stay healthy. And I hope Pac can stay healthy and watch out, Penta. I feel like the curse is upon you now. Yeah. Um, AEW has a new chief operating officer. They hired a um, gentleman called Kosha Irby. Um, He served as regional director of live events for WWE from 2011 to 2018. And... Most recently, he had been working as the chief marketing officer for the Clemson University Athletic Department. So somebody with, you know, extensive wrestling business experience. So that's probably good. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I don't know who that guy is, but I know what Clemson is and sure. I do know that when Vince McMahon... um, Retired in shame, um, or, or as he put it, time to hang him up. As the, as these stories are coming out, uh, Kosha Irby said he tweeted out something like, uh, "Whatever you call Vince McMahon, you better start with the word legendary." Oh, cool vibe. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great, great addition. Then, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, CJ Perry back in the hospital. Her after her surgery, her finger is like reinfected. Unfortunately. Ooh, oh no. Yeah. Who doesn't lose her finger? I mean, yeah, that would suck. Also, what the hell happened? I still don't know. I don't think it's been reported. I don't know what happened there. Like, what causes? recurring finger infection 
And please, again, don't lose it. That would be so annoying for her. I, yeah, I'd say very annoying. So, uh, Megan, here's a big story. This is the one that I've been kind of most excited about telling you. Okay. Are you familiar with the uh, the hip hop personality DJ Woo Kid? No. Well, he was part of Swerve's entrance and entourage at All In in Wembley. Oh, he was the one singing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he was on um, a uh, a podcast, the Jim Norton and Sam Roberts show, and um, he said, and there's just a couple of quotes from him there, uh, talking about what was going on in the back at the beginning of that show. Because that's a man who didn't who didn't sign an NDA. Oh, so, the best kind, yes. He said, you already know what happened in the back. It was a straight brawl city. So I'm not going to talk about that. It was blood and killing and death. <laughs> okay. He said, think Damn. about it. It was like the biggest moment for AEW. And I guess he was trying to sabotage that moment. Talking about CM Punk. He wasn't trying to go out there. I'm in the middle. You know me. I'm a fly on the wall. It was very intense. You know, I thought it was faking all this shit. So, said so the shit that's crazy is there was a yelling moment, um, and where uh, a quote that he attributed to a big Hawaiian-looking guy. Oh my uh, god! Said, said, "Yo, fuck this shit. This is our moment. Everybody, get the fuck out there and do your shit." Um, he said it was very intense. I will always respect wrestling after that. So yeah, so he was. Um, he was out there, and uh, he was back there, and he saw he saw the shit go down, and uh, and I guess he also like I, yeah, I guess it sounds like sounds like I mean I remember the the word after at the time it was that like Samojo was not happy about how that all went, so that kind of squares with what we heard right afterwards. Yeah, I thought you had said, or maybe I don't know, read or heard somewhere that Samoa Joe was the one to be like, get it together. I'm not. Like, like he didn't want to miss his match. Like he was like, "Come yeah. on, let's get the fuck out here because we've got I'm, this going." It's like I'm never gonna wrestle in front of a bigger crowd. Yeah. Yeah, which I don't blame him, but I also think it's hilarious. Like <laughs> this third party just being like that big Hawaiian dude was like, "Yo, fuck this." Ugh, <laughs> 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 oh, I love Samojo. Good for him. Good for him for being like, get your shit together. We've got a match in front of a huge crowd, and it's historical, and you're being an idiot. And then finally, uh, Dynamite, the uh, the viewership was down very slightly. Um, oh. About 4,000 viewers down from last week. But the demo was actually 12% up. Uh, so, all in all, I'd call that a win over last week. Um, I thought the uh, show was better this week. Yeah, you probably like that it started with a match instead of a promo. I liked that it was mostly matches. Yeah. If I'm being honest. Some good, some good C2 vibes for you. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about those C2 vibes uh, here on this uh, this homecoming edition of Dynamite from Daily's Place. Yes, homecoming, Daily's Place, Jacksonville, Florida. This crowd is um, basically like the AEW equivalent of uh, NXT Full Sail. Like, they love it. They love everything about it. They're happy to be here. They were wild the whole night, which is very fun. Because, you know, 
they weren't chanting obnoxious things, so they brought a, a good energy rather than a energy that made me want to like yell, shut the fuck up. It's still like a little bit jarring when you see Daily's face place full of people. What really threw me off was and they've done this before, so I should have known, but like the crowd being on the what is essentially what, like the stage you'd call it? You know, like that angle where they've got they've built in like bleachers or or like a box area. Mm-hmm. It kind of changes the shape of the arena in a way that I'm just like, I know this is Daly's place, but if if you told me that at certain angles, I would not have picked up on it. They also have their big LED screen up at the top of the ramp now instead of the tunnels. Yes, yes. Which I know is like how AEW is now with their set, but I just kind of thought, I don't know, I kind of expected it to look like the old Daily's Place, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and again, that's why I think I was like, oh, I know this is Daily's Place, but from certain angles, I don't think I would be able to determine that you need to like be able to see the stark the staircase the big staircase yeah yeah i miss that yeah um but yeah like the crowd is hyped they, they're so happy to have them back i forget the last time we were here has it been officially like a full year i don't rem- I, I think i seem to remember it was it was like the, the winter last time they were there so yeah i don't remember exactly i'd believe it and they were <laughs> tasked Taz in particular was bitching about being cold and how his coffee was cold and how he was cold and it was very fun. Um, so it sounds like people were bundled up even in this this Florida area. So, I mean, that was the other thing. the The most magical thing about Daly's place to me was always during the um, at least during the spring and summer months, you could like basically you could you like could see the sunset during the show essentially. You know. Yeah, it was like a really cool visual. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I always loved the openness of Daly's place. But yeah, we're, we didn't really get that. Uh, vi- we weren't able to kind of get that vibe from it last night. No, the setup was it ruined it. But yeah. whatever, I'll take it. The crowd was very happy. Um, the the show itself opens with Hangman Page taking on Claudio Castagnoli. Um, the crowd was this was the first hint of what the crowd was going to do. They loved Hangman. Um, who has been here since the beginning, of course. Claudio, however, this was his first match in the arena. The announce team did specify he had been in a parking lot match outside the arena, but this is his first time inside. And also, apparently, his first match against Adam Page in general, which I thought was interesting. That makes sense, because he's only been there for like a year and a half, and Adam Page never wrestles. True. I just assume their paths would have crossed at some point. But yeah. So this is I don't know if they gave a reason for this match, but basically like I didn't need one because these two guys were just hitting each other very hard and it was very entertaining. And the crowd was solidly on Hangman's side to win. Um every time Claudio did anything they booed. Every time Hangman did stuff they were cheering very loudly and and I guess Luckily, so Hangman does get the win, but it does take two consecutive buckshot lariats because Claudio's a big dude and, uh, you know, he's not just going down easy. So Hangman gets the win. Crowd is super happy. Claudio looks mad. 
But what are you going to do? He didn't even, like, hesitate. He just he instinctively knew it would take two buckshots. So he just hit one and then immediately went to do the second one. Yeah, he's not playing around. He knows what... He's just got to take this guy down. He wants to win. He also did a, uh, a moonsault off the apron when uh, and Claudio caught him and did not budge. Yep. <laughs> Claudio's a super strong man. Mm-hmm. I, I always am shocked by how actually strong he is. I think he and Takeshita should fight. Because Takeshita does some strong boy moves later, too. And honestly, like, let's just see who's stronger. They had a great um, Battle of the Belts match when Claudio was um, Ring of Honor champion last year. Oh. I should probably have watched that. I did not. There's another Battle of the Belts on Saturday that I probably won't watch. I know, yeah. (laughs) But yeah. That was uh, that was the opener. It sets the tone, honestly. I I gotta say, I love a theme show. I love this homecoming show because it is action, 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 and that's what I want from a show. And so, I was happy to see it continues right away. Like the next thing on the 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 program is another match. It's an eight man match that is kind of. Uh, loosely dedicated to Brody Lee in the sense that it provides an excuse for Preston Vance to join a team full of faces, Orange Cassidy, Adam Copeland, and Dustin Rhodes. Like, there's no reason these guys should be together. But this is a feel-good match. And the I good guys that, are... I read that uh, uh, Negative One may have uh, had a hand in booking the two eight-person eight tags on the show. Oh, <laughs> that would be so cute adorable of true but yes these two eight person tags this is the men's version the ladies version is coming later but they they are definitely for Brody Lee in his honor and Preston Vance is out here on this team uh and he's got his Brody band around his hand uh at first to like point his fist at things and show that off but yeah it's uh it's that team of good guys up against a team of solid bad guys in Brian Cage, Gates of Agony, and Lance Archer. And so it's just like a fun, chaotic match that is meant to be a feel-good moment where the good team wins. And of course, Preston Vance gets to secure the win by pinning one of the Gates of Agony. I still don't really know their names. But, you know, I, was, I don't really think it matters. <laughs> I think it was Khan he had. The littler one. Yeah. Yeah. The one with shoes. So that was, I, I just thought this was a classic, like, here's a team full of really good guys, and here's a team full of really bad guys, and they just beat each other, uh, and obviously the good guys win. And, you know, and it's, and there was a, a parting of ways between Lance Archer and Brian Cage that is, in fact, setting up a uh, Ring of Honor six-man tag team title match. Did they, do you know, did they have beef before this, or was this no, just it, like... It's, you know, you just use a match to set up a, to, to do an angle, to set up another match, and then and then you're done. Okay. I was just curious, because it seemed like, like, obviously, Brian Cage and Gates of Agony are in the same faction, and it just seemed like from the start, Lance Archer was just not vibing with these guys. No, and so it's going to be those three against Archer and the Righteous. Um, yes. 
I don't Seven. remember when that's happening. There's like three shows in the next two days. So if I had to guess, I'm going to put it on Rampage. Yeah, that feels like a Rampage match because there's no belts involved. Um, there is. It's the Ring of Honor six man tag team titles. Oh shit! Well then, maybe it's a Battle of the Belts. I don't think so. I think the only matches on Battle of the Belts are the the Jericho and uh, um, Jericho Sammy. Jericho uh, Sammy, Ricky Starks, and then AMJ yeah. versus uh, versus Julie Hart. I don't think they've announced more than that yet. Okay, well then I would I would put the that uh, three on three match firmly into Rampage territory. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't okay. even stick that one on Collision. I don't think. Nope. Sorry, guys. Just not that important. Uh, anyway, okay, so so we open with two straight matches in a row, and then, of course, we got to go backstage with Renee. Austin Gunn is playing with her hair while she tries to prepare to interview them, um, and she swats him away and s- starts talking to Austin, his brother, and Jay White, who is there, and she just asks them, like, how do you feel about the Undisputed Kingdom? And <laughs> Austin and Colton, are, they really show off their intelligence here. They go... You mean United Kingdom, like where Jay's from? And Jay just looks like stone faced at the camera. And Renee's like, Well, he's from New Zealand. And he goes, Renee, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> he knows who his friends are. Uh, so he was just, he just like pivots and he's like, Look, I'm, we're, we're unconcerned about the United, or sorry, Undisputed Kingdom going for gold because obviously Bullet Club Gold is going to do anything they do better. We're going to get the gold. And right then, the acclaimed and daddy ass roll up, and they're like, yeah, like, you are better than the Undisputed Kingdom. And Anthony Bowens is like, we all have the same common enemy. Maybe we should work together to get all the gold. And he suggests that they work together as a super faction, and Max is like, we can do it. It doesn't mean we all need to be friends or hang out or whatever, but we can, like, we can get all the gold. And surprisingly, Jay White is kind of just like, interesting plan. You know what? We'll call you. So he did not openly reject the idea. He did seem to act like he might consider it. Yes, which is a big change from last week, where only Austin seemed to be at all entertaining it. Yes, and Austin kind of lingered with his daddy for a second. I think he's like slowly getting pulled back to his familial ties, mm-hmm. but Jay and Colton like pull him away, and we're like, "Come on!" So we'll see. I was a little surprised they would entertain it. Uh, I kind of, I'm not against it. Um, after that, we get Samoa Joe addressing the crowd. He comes out. He is decked out in his uh, suit, no tie, because he's a casual, cool guy, and he has his new non-Burberry belt strung over his shoulder. It's back to just a basic black leather. Imagine being a wrestling promoter over the last 20, 20 years and like not making Samojo your world champion at some point. It's a travesty. This man is talented. What, what an idiot you would have to be, Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, he, he kills it. This is so good. So... He's out here basically just to give a little quick he's what so, he thinks. He's just he's the coolest. He's so cool. And yeah. he's so 
um, scary when he needs to be. Uh, but like right now he comes out, he looks pretty pleased with himself. And I think he thinks he's here for like a five minute little like, uh, speech or whatever. And he says, you know, basically I've decided to make some changes to the championship challenging protocol. None, no more of this open challenge shit. Um, he says no more whining about misfortunes coming out here and whining about your misfortunes or making quote little ho ass comments on social media. (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> like, what the hell? That? I mean, I can guess what that means, but like, damn. And he says, instead, you, you, you just got to bring your record and your challenge to the committee, which I assume is just him, and it will be evaluated. And then we'll schedule time for me to kick your ass and move on. It reminded me of, I don't remember who he was talking to, but do you remember when Stokely said, because you're a hoe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember who they were feuding with, but I love that. I don't either. And also calling Brian Danielson like a what was it a dirty bitch or something? Raggedy bitch. Raggedy bitch. Yes. Yep. Stokely rules. Mm. He makes an appearance on this show. He's great. So uh, poor Joe like sets up this new um, paradigm for people earning their title shots, and then is immediately interrupted by three different men. <laughs> Yeah, it's very apparent that a lot of people are after this title. So, yes, the first one, Swerve, his music hits immediately as Joe thinks he's just, like, going to leave. And he struts out to the stage in his uh, beautiful, I hope, fake fur coat. And he claims, you know, I've never been here, but whose house? And everyone's like, Swerve's house, of course. Uh, And he tells Joe the same thing he told Hangman Page. It's not personal. I just want that title. If you want to make it personal after the fact, that's fine. And then they get up in each other's faces like they're going to fight. And then Hangman's music hits. And he comes out. He looks way more focused on Swerve than Joe. But that doesn't stop him from calling a shot for the world title. He says he lost sight of it last year. But in 2024, he will get it get it back. And And then he and Joe get in each other's face well no first he gets in swerve's face joe is amused swerve's like fuck this he leaves and then adam turns to joe and it's like we're gonna have our little face off and they exchange some words and then he walks off and then joe having these two challengers fucking out of his present he presence he looks smug and unaffected and totally comfortable and he just holds up that belt to the crowd and he's like check it out I'm taking off. Everybody's like, woo, champion. And then Hook's music hits. And (laughs) Joe's just like, son of a bitch. And unlike the others, Hook doesn't bring a mic because the boy doesn't talk. He just comes out, gets in Joe's face, and they do the intimidation thing for a minute. Like, like get, they like really touch faces and like, you know, like, like the UFC men. And, uh, and then after like, after a little bit of that, Hook backs away and he says, one week. Um, and I guess that means that he has declared that next week he will fight Joe on dynamite and Joe's like, fine. So he's got a lot of irons in the fire at this point. He does. Although one will be extinguished next Wednesday. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, but it's too early. The The world title picture is the most interesting. It's been in a really long time though. I thought you'd be pleased that it didn't totally collapse with mjf leaving you still got the tension of a lot of people 
coming at Joe at once, but he doesn't seem as concerned about it as uh, MJF did. No, yeah, MJF, yeah, like, like that was the, that was to me like by the end of the MJF reign, that was the only interesting thing to me. It was just like how MJF was crumbling under the stress, <laughs> and yeah, and and Joe under similar pressure. I don't think is gonna, you know, we don't lose the title whenever he's supposed to lose the title, but his character is not gonna like sweat it really, you know. No, he just laughs and then like steps out of the way when you jump tr- or try to do a dive on him. He doesn't care. I, it's awesome. I really hope that I'm I'm really rooting against a three-way match for Revolution. I think yeah. that might be where we're going, but I mean, I, I'm sure it'll be be good. I just I just I really favor one-on-one matches for like world titles. I just think Swerve needs a one-on-one match because he keeps getting put in three ways and like just give him time to shine. Yeah. Like he's earned it. Oh yeah, because yeah, that's right. He was just in the um, the uh, the one at uh, for the the block. Yeah. 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 Where's Mox? Mox wasn't on the show this week again, was he? He was not. Hmm. The only BCC people on the show were uh, Claudio and Yuta, which we'll get to. Um, but he wasn't even like on the show. On the show, he just had a video promo. So maybe they're I don't know. saving them for uh, for Saturday. Maybe they'll be on the collision. Hopefully. It is kind of weird that there isn't a heavier BCC presence. I thought I thought there'd be like a kind of like a little bit all hands on deck with um with him being in Daily's place and, and with, with those guys being out of the country last week, you know. Yeah. Are we sure they're back? I guess not. Um, but I mean I would I would think so. I have no idea as far as like the what the what stuff in japan is happening i mean well they they both did new year's dash the next day the next night which is kind of like the raw after wrestlemania for mm-hmm. new japan so that but that would have been just like the next day so they would have plenty of time to you know get back i mean i wonder if they stuck around to do other random shows if you're there it's kind of like get what you can in but I don't know. Maybe, or maybe they just have uh, jet lag. <laughs> you know, maybe they just wanted a break. Maybe, yeah. So, okay. Well, regardless, um, that's what's going on with Joe. He seems pretty okay with it. I love it. He's very confident. Um, love his energy. Love his uh, cool guy outfit. Uh, but from there, we go backstage. Renee, once again, is uh, interviewing people. She's talking to Tony Storm this time. And Mariah May and Luther are kind of hovering behind her. Luther is holding that big title for her. Uh, Renee asked Tony, you know, what's your reaction to everything that went down last week? And if you'll remember, last week, uh, Mariah May won her match, her debut. But she was immediately uh, confronted by Deanna Praza. Prazo. Um, and so Tony doesn't. Renee asked this, and then Mariah May immediately jumps in and is like, did you see my match? And Tony's like, oh, darling, I was sent a screener, but I didn't see a frame beyond that. Did you do an arm bar? Or something like something like that. And it was it was so brilliant. And Mariah May looked really sad. But Tony's just like, Bleh. And then Renee's like, did you know, Tony, that, like, Deanna Parazzo was kind of looking for you like she she said she was going to come for you and tony's like i don't know who that is 
but I'll have my people look into it and we'll get in touch. And so <laughs> Tony is seemingly uh, unaffected by the events of last week, doesn't know who's coming for her, doesn't care, very happy to like kind of let it linger. And so she takes off. Oh, she she's, tries to say her tagline. She says, uh, you know, head up, tits out. And then she goes, line. And Mariah May says, and watch out for the shoe. And she goes, you're stepping on my line. <laughs> And so Mariah May looks dismayed, and then Luther laughs at her as Tony walks away. So what a what a toxic dynamic the two of them have, or mm-hmm. I guess the three of them, because Luther seems to be kind of a shit stirrer too. Oh yeah, yeah. He was he was very pleased that the that she got in trouble. Yeah, it's like she's not threatening your role, Luther. You can still be a butler. Nobody's mm-hmm. gonna take that from you. Nobody wants it. Nope. Nobody wants to be Tony Storm's butler but you. That's nope. not true. I'm sure there's a very unhealthy segment of the male fan base out there who would who would uh, die for that role. That's true. But they, you know, they probably went through the job as well as Luther. Because Luther mm. is, uh, he's dedicated. No, he's found, he's found the, the his spot in the wrestling business. He's very good After at it. Years. Yeah. So. Hmm. So that's what's going on there. Um, we get right back into matches, which I loved after this. Um, although this match was probably the low point of the night. Um, so Sammy Guevara, he's back. And I don't think the crowd cared. <laughs> and he's taking on Ricky Starks, who also I don't think they cared about. Um, because, frankly, like they weren't totally quiet they like yelled things but they weren't as involved in the as they were in other matches and when the end happened nobody seemed to really react and so i don't know what was going on here but basically sammy and ricky are fighting each other as kind of a little preview for their tag team street fight that's scheduled for battle of the belts on saturday after collision and um you know like the match is fine but the crowd's just not they didn't seem that hyped for it and there's Again, not a huge pop when Sammy is the one who ends up getting Ricky in a roll-up for the win. I, am I reading that wrong? Maybe I'm projecting. No, I, 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 I don't disagree with anything you said. Okay. Yeah, so, I, I don't know. Sammy is a baby face, and that's weird. And Ricky just, I don't know, people don't care anymore. So, uh, after the match, Sammy did try to show respect, because I guess... Ricky and Sammy have known each other a really long time in the industry. And so Sammy goes to shake Ricky's hand. Ricky accepts it surprisingly. But of course that leaves Sammy open for a surprise attack by big bill and bill and Ricky end up attacking Sammy. And then Jericho runs out to make the save. And then all four of them end up brawling into the crowd. And that seems to excite people more than the match itself. But um, yes, heads up. They're having a street fight. So that's kind of what it will look like on Saturday. Did you notice that Judas played nonstop while Jericho was out there? So as not to, you know, risk booze or anything. I did. It even got to verses where I'm like, I don't remember ever hearing this. (laughs) They like, they cut out all the gaps in it too. It was just like, there was no point where it was quiet. Well, you're not allowed to have quiet because that's where you fill it in with booze. Yeah, I, I I do wonder. Like, I don't know. I don't even know if like Daly's place is the kind of crowd that would have 
booed Chris Jericho anyway, because this seemed like a crowd that wanted to just love on everything that was happening. But um, I will say this as a follow-up from last week, you know, we talked about like, but any of these like feckless wrestling media people, you know, do more than post I emojis and actually like do some reporting about whatever these allegations supposedly are. And Megan, um, I have to, I have to like walk back my, my comments a little bit. There was, there was a Jericho story published uh, just yesterday. What? It was, yeah, yeah. It's, it was just like, I, 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 I was wrong. I was dead wrong. Um, Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net, um, you know, he 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 really dug deep and uh, and got the story we were all waiting for. Oh uh, no, this is a setup. You're gonna pull the rug right out from under me. This is no, gonna be a fluff not. piece. You know, like uh, you know, obviously, like the thing that we all we all wanted to know about Chris Jericho is that yes, he did get knocked out by MVP on his own cruise ship four years ago. Oh my god. What the hell is going on with journalism? <laughs> yeah, like at like literally zero follow up on any of the like whatever the hell that was last week. And I'm not and I am not a like I'm defending Chris Jericho guy, uh, but, but as we said last week it's just like fucking shit or get off the pot. Like, you know, like Yes, these allegations supposedly happened 3 years ago. So like why are there not why was Long? it not covered then? Why are there not stories now? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. So, uh, no follow-up on that. Yeah. Ugh, okay. I don't sure. know that the... No. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know that the crowd would have booed him, like you said. I don't... They don't... They didn't seem like a particularly, like, angry crowd. He probably could have gotten away with it, but it is interesting that they were just like, play Judas, even those, re- or even those like, uh, verses that we never get to. <laughs> Just let it run. Yeah. Um, and they are, you know, and so obviously, you know, whatever he did or didn't do, the, you know, the, that stuff coming out last week um, in the, the completely irresponsible way it did, um, it it has spooked them uh, because they did this and they're hiding the title match on Battle of the Belts where nobody's going to see it. Well, he did get booed pretty hard. The first, yeah, last the last Wednesday. Week before, he did yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Oh, there's also been like a rumor going around the last couple of days that he. Well, I think I think a like his cruise. Speaking of, uh, is coming up here pretty soon, mm. and there's talk that he might just take some time off after Saturday to kind of come back and refresh, and you know, probably a good time to do it if you're if you just want to make people forget about whatever's in the news cycle. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, again, not a Jericho defender. I certainly wouldn't mind not seeing him for a little while. It's 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 been a lot of Chris Jericho for a lot of years now. Um, Yeah, same. And again, like I'm not defending him, but. I do need a little more than just. Like side eyes, um, side eye emojis, Uh, like like give me a reported story that I can react to. Um, I I believe victims. I just, I don't know that there was one at this point. Like, I'm, like there was been nothing reported, only weird yeah. little, like, passive-aggressive emojis. So, whatever. I guess, enjoy your cruise, Jericho. Um, 
Because I don't really care about the titles that they're going after anyway. <laughs> Just. Uh, I don't know. Like, the, I don't, the AEW tag team titles could be, you know, great. <laughs> I, I guess what I mean is I don't think they were going to get them. No, I, I, I think that there's a chance that Jericho and Kenny were going to get them. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah, you're probably right. Not not this, not these, not this mismatched duo. Well, I guess they're not mismatched. They're not little sex gods. Not the like forced we're friends again. Yeah, and especially after Guevara penned Ricky, that seems like simple wrestle math to me. That you know the champs then go over. Yeah, yeah. I was. It was not. There's no tension there for me. Is what I'm saying. Like no. the titles themselves. Yes, I do care about those titles. I I guess what I meant to say was. I don't think this match is going to do anything to change it, especially if it's on Battle of the Belts, a show where historically no belts have changed hands. It's true. So I think, I think that's still the case after the last one. I know we always like kind of check in. It's like, yeah, still no title changes. Yeah, it's because people don't watch it. So like, why would you change the title? Like literally the only time a title moved on a Battle of the Belts is when they like we're doing an interim champion, right? So like, so somebody had to win the interim title. Yeah. Yes. But I don't count that as like a big move. So yeah. um, See more of Sammy and Jericho on that show. Again, I I believe it's after collision this week on Saturday. It is. Yeah. Which I do think is a good, like that's a, that's that's not a bad way to do it, you know, pair it with and they've done that before pairing it with Rampage too, you know, like so. Yeah, but I think pairing it with Collision is better because then it starts at like a Rampage time frame whereas when you pair it with Rampage it's it's so Start late. Yeah. 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 So, um no, more power to it. And hey, if I decide to watch Rampage and it just sort of rolls into it fine, odds on, or yes, sorry, Collision, odds on that are low. But whatever. Uh, but anyway. Are you just like, have you just like hand wave collision at this point? No, I just don't watch it live. I always watch it like earliest Sunday and uh, fight. Did you TV. watch collision this past weekend? I did. I did. Oh, okay. So you're, ba- you're back into it. Because I know like with the holidays and everything for a while, you were having trouble catching, uh, getting, getting into it. Yeah, scheduling was a little rough on the holidays. Um, but I watched it less or I watched it on Sunday this week. But by watching it Sunday, you know, fight doesn't, they're not like, hey, did you know that Battle of the Belts is right after this? It doesn't roll into it, like, if you're watching it live. That's so true. That's true, I yeah. just, yeah, it's, it's like an extra click, and I don't, I don't know. We'll see how much wrestling I feel like watching on Sunday. Um, but anyway, back to this show. Uh, the next match of the night is basically the women's version of the uh, eight-man tag at the beginning, this is, let's see, this is Anna Jay, and she is on, she's once again sort of the odd lady out on the team of obvious faces, Willow Nightingale, Chris Statenlander, and Thunder Rosa, um, and they are up against Ruby Soho, Soraya, Sky Blue, and Julia Hart, all of those very obviously heels, and so of course, like, I thought this match was good, I was very entertained by it, um, it was just as, like, you know, fun and chaotic as the, the eight-men tag at the beginning. And, of course, similar to Preston Vance winning, Anna Jay was the one who got to get the win. She tapped out Sky Blue doing her 
Queenslayer move, which uh, I feel like was a Brody sort of Brody era thing. Um, so it was very, very nice. She was wearing like a Brody Lee shirt. And it's just, it is touching that they remember, you know, that they're, they're sharing that uh, memory. Um, but yeah, it was, I feel like this is another match where it's like, here's a group of good people. Here's a group of bad people. Have fun. You know the good people are going to win. Feel good match. Mm-hmm. Move on. I was a little surprised that Julia was the one who... Uh, or no, Sky Blue took the fall, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. But it was to set up Julia and, and uh, Anna. Right, okay. Yes, because Julia... I'm not at all surprised Sky Blue took the fall. Ignore, ignore what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but Julia does... Like, Sky Blue does seem to be, like, Julia's weird little protege now. So yeah. I'm, I'm sure she was mad about, you know... Her getting pinned. Probably, yeah. Um, this is also just briefly <laughs> when Chris Statlander made her entrance. She was going around the crowd, like slapping hands, being, you know, a face. And she came to a sign that said, Let Stokely manage you, Chris. And then she slowly, like, sort of like pulled the sign down. And then Stokely was behind it, like grinning, like, <laughs> You got me. And then he just disappeared. But it was just, it was kind of fun to be like, Oh, he's here. He's still. Still like campaigning. I like Stokely doing anything, so. He looked really proud of himself. Yeah. Fun. But yeah. Okay, after that, we get the Wheeler Yuta promo I had mentioned earlier. He is. Oh, can I just. One thing I want to say about the tag match. Oh, yeah, I go for it. The, the sequence, the like kind of the, uh, the near end of match sequence where everybody did a big move on everybody else that you do that people, you know, people do in every single six or eight man tag. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was very good in this one. Everybody hit their, hit their shit, like really, really on point. Yeah. This was a talented group of ladies. Even Paige I, had, like, had a nice looking super kick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they were having fun. I think when you're having fun, it goes better. Mm-hmm. So thoroughly enjoyed. It was good for the women's match of the evening. Uh, but yeah, after that, we get uh, Wheeler Yuta. He cuts a promo on Eddie because <laughs> I guess he is king of Rampage because he's been winning a lot over there. We don't know. We don't watch it. Um, and he's pissed at Eddie because in when Eddie was confronting Moxley as part of the tournament, he just had like a throwaway line about Yuta being his little bitch. And um, Yuta took that very, very seriously. He will not let it go, and he wants to fight Eddie to prove that he's not the bitch. Eddie is, in fact, the bitch, and so I guess that's happening. Yeah. I think Eddie's going to win. This is a better Wheeler to promo than, I guess, usual, but I don't know. I'm still, I've still never really been impressed by him on the, on the, on the old stick. Promo-wise, no. Skill-wise, I think he's a very good wrestler. And this was taped, so... You know, that helps. Um, but following that, we get a quick but surprisingly competitive match between Brian Keith, bounty hunter Brian Keith, and Roderick Strong. Um, Brian Keith manages to hold his own for a little bit, and but it's pretty obvious that Roderick is supposed to win this match, and he does. And it is after the match that's important because Adam Cole holds court. He has, you know, his chair set up by the kingdom, and he says he really meant it when he said this place is going to change. He doesn't care about earning the audience's respect because he just straight up deserves it. 
And he reiterates that the Undisputed Kingdom's going to get that gold. He says Roddy's going to get that AEW International title. He's set up for it. Uh, Bennett and Taven obviously are three-time Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. And they're proud of it. And they will continue to hold those titles. And, again, the most unrealistic of the claims, he says, when the time is right, Wardlow will get that AEW world title. Wardlow doesn't look happy. (laughs) Wardlow knows that this is bananas, and he's not going to get that title. (laughs) Maybe I'm being worked. I don't know. Like it seems like he has a uh, he has real boo boo face energy these last two weeks with this group. I mean, like you said last week, I think isn't he just in the position he was with? Yeah, MJF? They've, they've re- like they've reset him to day one, basically. <laughs> yeah, it'd be hard not to have real boo boo face, and also from a character perspective, he should be suspicious because he knows how this turns out, right? Like he's already done this dance. So maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm not giving them enough credit, and this whole thing is like metatextual, and they're commenting on the absurdity of resetting him to, to zero, and and he's and on and he's you know also aware of it, like Deadpool, the the superhero who knows he's in a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope I hope for Wardlow's sake, I hope, because in real life he seems like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. It just kind of sucks uh, that he had that brief moment of heat, and then. And then he didn't. And then he didn't. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, before we get to the main event, which is next after this, uh, we do go backstage to where Renee is standing with the virtuosa herself, Diana Parazzo. And she just asks, like, how are you feeling about everything? And Diana says she's fine that Tony Storm doesn't know who she is. She'll have her people contact Tony's people. If that's how it works, that's fine. And she says she'll be making her debut on Collision this week. Uh, upon her saying this, Red Velvet interrupts. She is clearly unimpressed by Diana, And she wants a shot at her on Saturday. And she does her, like, velvet, like, Red Velvet stirring motion. And Diana goes, is that your stirring arm? And she goes, yeah. She's like, interesting. And then she, yeah, and then she walks away, and then Renee goes, you might want to watch your arm. (laughs) This was good. And this is, like, um, I was thinking about this. I don't know how soon you can debut Mercedes at this point. You might have to wait a couple weeks, because I think if if you were to do it anytime really soon, you, I feel like that's really taking the shine off of Diana. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, maybe they're intelligently timing it. I hope so. Because they couldn't debut Mercedes yet, maybe that's why Diana is sliding her in. I still don't even know what the status of Mercedes's, you know, leg and foot situation is. So I'm, I'm not even sure if she's ready to wrestle. So maybe she doesn't even want to. I mean, do you want? Do you really want like another Adam Cole situation where you have somebody on TV who's just like, you know? <laughs> no. Yeah. No, especially not in the women's division because, like, we've got people, like, okay, so we've got Diana and potentially Mercedes at some point in the nearish future. Like, we could really get this division going. And also, I think at some point you have to give them more than one match on the show. Now they're filling out the roster. We've got Queen Julia, who I love. Chris Atlander always has been talented. 
Willow rules. Soraya, you know, whether she's a good worker or not, she brings energy. And I'm, it's like now you've got enough people to actually have more than one women's match per show. Well, you know, Megan, I'd say I'd suggest you talk to uh, you talk to the Warner Brothers Discovery overlords about that. I hate them. <laughs> it's just so it's so annoying because now you've got the talent what, and you're going to sign another like huge ladies talent. And like, what are you doing if you only have one ladies match per show? How do you tell stories with that? I guess you put them on Rampage and Rampage because I don't think Collision has more than one ladies match either. I think we talked about this um, years ago when uh, I don't I don't remember what prompted it, but I think we were talking about you know if you are a high profile WWE woman looking and, and you know your contract's coming up why would you make that move it's just like aw is not really set up to be the place for you no you'll inevitably be giving up tv time because wwe puts high profile women on television on a regular basis i believe yeah very yeah very much so, so. um it's interesting because, and that's kind of been borne out by the people that AEW have signed up to this point, which is, you know, like, they're, they've all been people who have been released by WWE. They haven't, like, they haven't, like, won a free agent battle with WWE. Right. But, like, like, pulling away one of their, one of the people that WWE actually wanted to keep, you know? Yeah. So this would be the first one. And they lost Jade. And they lost Jade. Although Jade still hasn't like done a single thing in really? WWE. <laughs> she stepped out of a couple of limos for the first few weeks and then and now she hasn't been seen in months. So I Honestly, feel like they it's a great gig if you can get it. <laughs> I guess, but I don't know. I would expect her to be in the Royal Rumble, honestly. Um but uh, but other than that, yeah, she's been, she's done nothing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's shitty, <laughs> honestly. On this, like, on these shows, last week's show had a bunch of matches. I feel like maybe six, maybe more than usual. Mm-hmm. This week's show has like one, two, three, four, five, six matches. And yeah. only one of them's a women's match. And how much does it really hurt the guys if one of those matches is switched out? Like, I don't know. It's annoying. And now they have the women's talent to do it. And uh, it just, it pisses me off. Yeah, I mean, are you telling me that you couldn't have done the Undisputed Kingdom promo as a backstage thing? And... Given the time that Roderick Strong and Brian Keith had to like, you could you could have done like a squash win for for one of the for one of your roster women. Yeah, yeah. It's don't tell me there's no time for it or there's no reason. Come on, it's well, very uh, again, annoying. Again, again, this is purportedly a Warner Brothers Discovery issue, not an AEW issue. Well, fuck them. 
I don't know how to get to them, though. I can't scream at them directly, so I will scream into the void. But that is such a stupid stipulation. No, hopefully, you know, this might be one of those things that once Tony gets that bag and the, the ink is dry, maybe he'll be a little bolder with, you know, you know, maybe not maybe not going with every single one of their suggestions. Yeah, fight the power, Tony. Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> please, well, please, please fight the power, Mr. Billionaire. <laughs> I hate rich people. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Okay, well, anyway. So, uh, Deanna's here, though. Well, I'm sure we will see her on television. Well, we know we'll see her on Collision, but I'm sure she will start to show up on television, even if it's only one match of week um but with that we uh have reached the main event and this is darby and sting going up going up against powerhouse hobbs and Takeshta in a tornado tag match which means falls count anywhere and anything goes um i think Takeshita they got and hobbs turned darby into a tornado at one point yes they did yes they did i mean <laughs> it's one, of those, one of those rare horizontal tornadoes yep to be fair, I think Darby was here to do his Darby thing because Sting, you know, I don't think anything should go with Sting. He he has limits. Uh, but Darby, Darby's like, toss me. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. fine. Who cares? And it is wild. I've, I sent like a gif of that to like my friends who don't watch AEW, and they were all very impressed. Yes, it looked very cool. It looked very cool. He did like six revolutions as he flew across the ring. And like, it's hard to tell because it happened so fast, but I'm not, I think his head might have like smacked against the the rope. Yes. I mean, Darby. Which became the issue of the day with the, with the, uh, with the, uh, the fake safety police on, on wrestling Twitter. I, I don't try to police Darby. He very willingly, puts himself in danger. I mean, Takeshita did the, he only rolled once, but he did the like thing where he rolls and then does a suplex. Yeah. He was like a truncated version of the thing he did to Darby last week. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Darby's head just smacked into the ground. Like, I don't think he landed well on that, but he just got up and kept going. So. Now Sting did get to do one like really stupid thing. Oh, so stupid. The Scorpion death drop, like through the two (laughs) tables that were, they were painted like the eyes of Sting and Darby. <laughs> I thought either he was going to die or he was going to hurt Hobbs. <laughs> I thought so. I've been the last couple of weeks. I've watched this on uh, on Fight, uh, thanks to Megan, and I occasionally got really worried about Sting during the commercial break of this match mm-hmm. because he just wasn't really moving much, <laughs> and I, so I'm not sure if he was selling or if like he just had the wind knocked out of him. Um, if I mean, if you had the one knock down, that's not too bad. Like you know, that happens, and it's not, it's not that bad. But I was concerned. I, you know, I get concerned about Sting because he's old as fuck. But, uh, I, but yeah. I will say the announce team tried to sell it like he did have the wind knocked out of him. They kept saying yeah. like, oh, it's tough to recover when the wind's knocked out of you, and blah. blah. Like it, it's it probably hard of, for him to breathe. He was just kind of standing at ringside for a while, just holding on to the apron. You know, like <laughs> for yep. most of the commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> like an older gentleman. Also, I I believe uh, Bryce Remsburg at one point, because he had started out on, like, whatever happened to him to knock the wind out of him, he was on the ground, 
And Remsburg was just like covering him and very clearly being like, are you okay? <laughs> like, and I guess Sting told him yes, because he like left him alone. But uh, yeah, Sting spent the commercial picture in picture break being in recovery mode, I guess. Yeah. And then he did a Scorpion death drop on Hobbs through table. So I guess he did. Guess that he was, was fine with that. Yeah. So this was fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it was as fun as it could be with a 60 something year old man in the mix. 64. Yep. They were protecting him. Takeshita was like, fuck it. I'm going after Darby. I'm not trying to protect this old man. I just want to beat up that little guy. And boy, did he ever. It was so great. That Takeshita Darby match from last week still ugh, sticks with me. Yeah. But yeah, after the uh, after that death drop, uh, Hobbs was dead. And Sting just sort of, he didn't fully cover him. He just sort of like threw an arm over him very weakly. And that counted. Like three, three count. And uh, that was the win. So they did it. They got Still it. Undefeated. Still undefeated. Um, and after the match, Tony Schiavone goes out to talk to Sting, and he he asks him straight up, like, "Who's your opponent going to be for your final match?" And Sting doesn't get a chance to answer because the Young Bucks music hits, and they walk out, and they are looking mustachioed. Is what I'll yeah. say. It, <laughs> yeah. Like it's so funny because it's like. It's like as close to dress wise, it was as close to normal as the Young Bucks ever look. Yep. But they, but then they both had pencil thin mustaches to really like to make it so it's yeah definitely not normal. Well, they got to keep it a little weird. But yeah, uh, Nick was all in white. Matt was all in black. Uh, those are some like those are some heel ass mustaches though. They look like so. They're heel because they look like such perverts. Like. <laughs> The mm-hmm. pencil thin mustache is so creepy. Uh, and they didn't they didn't have mics, they didn't talk, they just sort of gave Sting a a creep look because of the mustaches that were involved. And and Sting was like, okay. And then um I don't think he actually like said yes. It was just implied that maybe that's who he should pick, and then and then they left. Yeah, so long story short, Sting gets to end his career having, like, I don't know, conservatively a four and a half star match, probably. <laughs> probably. I, I will say I was a little surprised because I just in my head thought he would be having a match by himself. I don't know why I assumed that to be the case. I never I never thought that. I always thought it would be a tag because he's done nothing but tags. And so I just feel I've always just figured like he probably doesn't think he can do a singles match. Which, again, is totally fair. That's why I don't know why I assumed. But I think I latched onto the idea you proposed that he would like pick Darby and then lose to Darby, which doesn't require a tag match. Um, But I guess this works, too, because in a tag match, I could conceive that he would go out on top beating the Young Bucks. Yeah, or losing to the Young Bucks, you know? Like, depends on, I guess, how he's feeling. Because um, I, I imagine it's probably up to him. Like, I'm sure he chose the opponents. Um, you know, if you, I don't know if you recall, but at the first Forbidden Door, Darby and Sting 
and Shingo Takagi wrestled the Young Bucks and um, El Phantasmo. And oh, yeah. They had an amazing six-man tag, and the Young Bucks did some really great stuff with Sting. They did like the, that. And so there's a gift that's been going around today from that match of them, like, you know, them like super kicking Darby and super kicking Shingo. And then they did the double super kick to Sting, and he just kind of wobbles and then like beats his chest and like double clotheslines them. And everybody lost their fucking minds. Um, so, and I don't, you know, the Bucks have not worked with Darby that much to, to my recollection. So, I think this is a great. I mean, I can't imagine those those guys not having great chemistry either. You know. Yeah, I mean, I assume they haven't worked with Darby much because they're a tag team, and outside of Sting, he isn't. You know, he does solo work, and he and Sting aren't going around fighting everybody. Just some people. So right, I yeah. think that'll be good. I, I, I definitely. Be, I think it'd be fantastic. Yeah, if you can trust anybody to sell and protect Sting, I think the Young Bucks are there. And then, you know, Darby's going to be throwing his body around, doing very dangerous things to offset. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, that match is going to be, like, I think it's going to be, like, a lot of the Young Bucks beating the shit out of Darby mm-hmm. and trying to, like, you know, like, keep him from tagging out and then Sting getting a couple of key hot tags and running wild and everybody, and then, you know, hopefully in, in, uh, North Carolina there, uh, he will, in fact, get the win mm-hmm. and uh, go out on top. That show is up to over, I think I saw it today, they've now sold 15,300 tickets. Like, you know, AEW t- pay-per-views usually sell pretty well, mm-hmm. but they haven't had one sell like this in a very long time. Like, you know, if you, if you remove all in from the equation, because that's not really, you know. That's, yeah, that's a whole historic yeah. thing so but, i think you have to give sting and the like the lure of sting's final match a ton of credit for 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 this because nothing was even announced except for like sting's gonna have his final match you know yeah i guess you're right good for him yeah yeah let's see yeah okay and also, truly, has anything else been announced? I don't think so. Nope. Okay. Darby has wrestled the Jacksons exactly two times. It was that Forbidden Door match, and it was... And they did, like, an eight-man... A ten-man um, a few weeks earlier on Dynamite. Bobby Both times Fish, was staying? No, Sting wasn't in the in the, the Tin Man. It was it was Bobby Fish and Hikuleo, who, if you remember, is like the eight foot tall Tongan like. Oh yeah, guy. that giant uh, man. Kyle O'Reilly and the Jacksons against Christian Cage, Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Matt Hardy. Oh, I, do not, I do not remember that match. <laughs> no, although I do remember Hikuleo, so I guess I have to remember that match because he is not. Done a bunch of matches in AEW. <laughs> no, he certainly hasn't. But, uh, but yeah, good dynamite. Yeah, I think I just they need to be at Daly's place a little more often. I think such good energy. Yeah. Like I understand not wanting to oversaturate, which is like not something Tony Khan believes in. Like look at Chicago, but uh, I, yeah, I, but I, they hit it hard during COVID. So I mean, yes, yes, they did. <laughs> but I don't know. I think like twice a year, like 
like one, like you know, once every six months would be like nice to to see the Daly's place. So you get it maybe once during the winter, once during the summer. Yeah, because apparently everyone was like really cold this time. So make mm-hmm. it, make it during a time when everyone's really hot. Yeah, Just keep the yeah. extremes. Yeah. Yes. Um. But yeah, I like the show a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really good. I love it. The theme shows, they seem like they keep them on track. And so I will take them. But uh, I thought this one was more exciting than last week. I think I agree. I, like, there was nothing on this show that was as good as Takeshita versus Darby one-on-one. But uh, No, that's true. But I think it was an overall show. It was better. Yeah, if you just pop that match over here, it would be perfect. All right. You want to hear these Ring of Honor results from last week? Oh, my God, of course. Who's in Ring of Honor these days? Let me know. Brian okay, Keith, is... though. Also, can I just say, rough time for him. He was like, seemed like he was going to get pushed, and then they brought him over and let Roderick beat him up. Yeah, I mean, he could still probably end up getting pushed in Ring of Honor, though. Yeah, I just thought he was. they were trying to, like, maybe make the leap. Look at look at uh, Samoa Joe though. You know, you go to Ring of Honor and be their television champion for a while, then you vacate it without losing to anybody, and then you get to be uh, world champion like soon after that. Oh, but also you're Samoa Joe. That's, that's true. That is an important difference. That's the magical mixture here. <laughs> All right. So this match, this show started with uh, Griff Garrison defeating Serpentico. Then we had Lance Archer defeating J.P. Harlow. Don't know who that is, but sure. Dalton Castle defeated Pretty Peter Avalon. Oh, yay. Good for you, Dalton. Uh, the men of the year were interviewed, and they just basically said, like, we're going to win. We're going to we're this is our this is our year. The men of the year's year 2024. Support that. Queen Amanada defeated Mata World. Speaking of Queen Amanada, I heard that she and uh, Sheeta have a hell of a match for Rampage this week. Oh, okay. She did really well uh, at the pay-per-view. Or no, wait. No. Last week. Yeah. I'm mixing things up. Yeah. She was cool. Yeah, I liked her. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Shane Taylor Promotions, which is, of course, Shane Taylor and Lee Moriarty, Moriarty defeated the sure. infantry and the boys oh. in a three-way match. Ugh, Captain Sean Dean and also the boys. Okay. Um, Red Velvet defeated Alex Gracia, who I believe, I don't know if she still is, but for at least a while, she and uh, Scorpio Sky were partners. Oh, don't tell Jenny. I think I told Jenny one time and she wasn't happy about it. (laughs) Um, Because she was like on BTE, just in like an airport scene with like sitting by him. Uh Oh, yeah. Mercedes Martinez and Diamante defeated Legit Layla Hirsch and Rachel Ellering. Damn. Uh, and then we had uh, Kyle Fletcher defending his Ring of Honor World Television Championship against Willie Mack. Mm, okay. Um, and then I believe in the main events of the evening, it was Lee Johnson, the Kingo, Commander. The three of them defeated the Workhorseman and Gringo Loco. What a main event! Oh wow! Yeah, that sounds fun. I don't, I don't think I know who Gringo Loco is. Like I've seen that name, but I don't think I've ever seen him wrestle. 
Yeah, I have no idea. I just assumed it was like a Lucha Spectacular over there for that one. With the workhorse. Yeah. J.D. Drake could be a good base. He's a, he's, he's a big dude. Yeah, he, he does. I think they were on, unless I'm like totally conflating this with something else, they were, he was on Collision. And he's a good base. He like he was on collision. That's right. Yeah, who did he, he like, wrestle on collision? He catches people well. Yeah, who did he wrestle? Oh, my mind is blank because it was pff, almost I a week too. ago. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, I like JD Drake. Um, yeah, so that's the wrestling stuff. So Megan, let's talk about what we've been enjoying outside of wrestling for the Elite Beat Plug of the Week. Okay. Um, I'll go first. I, uh, so every year for my birthday, I like to do, I like to watch like movies with, uh, Megan and her sister and and my wife, Jenny. Um, it used to be an in-person tradition, uh, but then, you know, COVID struck and then we started watching movies together over Skype and the last few years we actually did like all day things Mm -hmm. and, Unfortunately, it didn't quite work out to where we could do that this year. You have um, a child. I have a child. I still thought we could have done more, but Jenny, whatever. Let's not get into it. Uh, but we watched uh, two movies. We did a double feature. And we watched the uh, two of the more recent entries in the DC uh, EU. Mm-hmm. The, now, the now extinct. Uh, this iteration DC. is extinct because... Yeah, I don't know what they're calling. I don't know what uh, what Gunn is calling his new thing, but um, I hope not DCU. I think that branding is poisoned. But um, DCU, anyway, we watched, just so straight we up. watched Shazam: Fury of the Gods and uh, The Flash. Um, movies that like felt like a little cursed. Both felt a little cursed in certain ways. Um, well, you just know nothing's going to come after them. Like it's. Yeah, you know that like none of it really matters. Um, you know that you know Zachary Levi is kind of a kind of he's getting he's, he's a little bit of a fundy weirdo, and you know that uh, is he? You know, no, don't ruin Zachary Levi from oh, here. Yeah, you say? He, was, he was doing like anti-vax, some, like he was like mocking vaccines, like a few. Oh months. no! Well, he was like, well, he was like kind of slowly. Losing his mind over the failure of uh, this movie that we're talking about, Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, and then you know, of course, Ezra Miller is is a whole. Uh, you know, that's that's a like a this a universe is cursed. Yeah, and then you got Jonathan Majors over and uh, over in Marvel. You know, like getting fired and. That was yep. Yeah, that was. That was not fun. People are trash. Um, uh, can we clarify? Men are trash. Well, mostly. that wouldn't that wouldn't be uh, Ezra Miller then, would it? Men plus Ezra Miller are trash. <laughs> Ezra Miller, the rare NB trash person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure statistically there are just as many trash NB people as there are like trash men and women. Yeah, but the media is not going to recognize it, so only high profile. Probably. Point is, we watch these two movies, these two cursed objects, and <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I liked, I liked Shazam: Fury of the Gods. I didn't like it as much as the first Shazam, but I thought it was, I thought it was fun. 
I like the I, I like that universe. I like uh, I like Shazam as a character. Um, I, I do think it, it's funny, just like you know, like he's a he's a full grown man with like with hair that is starting to gray clearly. Uh, and but he's you know inhabited by this little boy, so you know he kind of has to. It's it's just it's just like an interesting kind of thing because you forget sometimes that it's like that's what the character is. But I think he I think Levi does a really good job playing both sides of that. Um, yeah. And then the Flash, like I freaking loved the Flash, and I was it was, I was very upsettingly good. It was upsettingly yeah. good. I thought I would like it because I knew certain things were in it that was like they were ticking certain boxes for me. Um, and I think Ezra Miller's always done a really good job portraying that role but i did not expect it to be as good as it was ezra miller has captured the perfect energy of the flash and the fact that they had to do it as two different iterations yeah like spoiler alert sorry but like if you see the trailer, you know this. Yeah, okay. So, okay, I don't feel so bad. But, like, it's the same character, but different. And, like, they capture the differences very well. And so I was just like, this movie is charming and amazing and very funny because the comedic timing is great. And Michael Keaton shows up, which is awesome. And honestly, <laughs> just really loved that movie. Really loved it problematic as hell from like the lead actor perspective but really loved it really uh think it kind of could have done better in 2018 yeah um i do yeah if it had, if it had hit its original release date um then yeah but uh yeah but things happen <laughs> and then covid happened i think it happened yeah <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that was my, like, kind of, like, and I think at some point we will watch uh, Blue Beetle and Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom and just kind of close the book on everything. You've got to watch uh, Black Adam at some point and get caught up on that. Yeah, I know nothing about Blue Beetle, and I've heard about, like, the cursed onset interactions of Aquaman because Amber Heard, you know. Apparently she's barely in it, and that was always the case. That was always the plan. I think they were like mean to her on set, though. Well, that sucks. But um, yeah, I don't you know, she's, condone she's that. She's not a great person. She doesn't seem to be a great person either. So she's not great. I think she and Johnny Depp are both not great, and she took the brunt of it she, because Johnny Depp is yeah. more like than famous. Yeah, although I, I I don't see Johnny Depp's career ever recovering to where it was I mean, before this. No, but I think he was on the downslide before that. I just feel like the outcome of the How whole. How can you say that he was Grindelwald? <laughs> How dare they recast on Peril? Keep him. Just like give him an evil eye or something. I don't know. How dare they? Um. Yeah, but I think that apparently that movie was always planned. Just it's more of like a a Aquaman and Orm like kind of buddy comedy two hander, and there wasn't really a lot of real estate for the mirror character to begin with. Um, I do love a buddy cop movie. I know they're not cops, but like, you know, the sentiment, uh, 
So I don't. And, I, and James Wan, you know, he's gonna, you know, he, want, he wants to do do right by his buddy Patrick Wilson there. So like, <laughs> I love Patrick Wilson. So yeah. <laughs> I'm down with that. Uh, yes, and I will say just to add, I really enjoyed Shazam. Like, obviously, I love the Flash. I enjoyed Shazam a lot. I think. Can I just say, like, really love the the three lady villains, um, Helen Mirren, killing it, just as like an older dame, love her. Lucy Liu, where have literal- you been? Yes, Helen Mirren's a little literal dame, but Lucy Liu, love her, awesome. And then I'm sorry, I don't know who the youngest girl is, but she was great. So I just love a trio of uh, ladies doing bad stuff. She was great, man. You're right. Yeah, I I hope she's an up and coming actress because I don't know her name, but she was awesome. So, uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Do you think who was that? I want to look up. I want to give her 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 credit. Yeah, look up her name because I honestly didn't recognize her from anything else. But I I mean maybe I just haven't seen a lot because oh that was freaking Rachel Zegler. She's like, she's a big thing now. I I should know her better. She's she's been on Blank Check before. She's like buddies with them. Um, what does she, she do? So, she uh, won Golden Globe for Best Actress for West Side Story in twenty twenty one. Oh uh, yeah, I didn't watch that because I don't care for musicals. But that was a big thing. Was in she's like the star of the new Hunger Games. Uh, Series oh, of yeah. movies that are they're gonna do. Actually, the first one did really well. Okay. The, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Yeah. And she is uh, in the new like the the live action Snow White that uh, that Disney's making. Okay. That's Snow White. Oh, nice. Okay, so she is like, she's on the up swing. Yeah, she's got she's got a, she's really got it going on. Yeah. She was great in this movie. I liked her a lot. Yes, apparently she's going to be in an upcoming American disaster comedy film called Y2K, which is, <laughs> it appears to be about, like, what if things actually had gone wrong at the turn of the century? Honestly, funny, maybe. That, that could be a funny premise. Maybe we wouldn't be in the mess we're in now. Maybe. A different mess, but. No, I think yeah. that, that, that that's like promising. I, I could I could see that being a good movie. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. All right, Megan. So, how about you? Um. Okay. So, I have been listening recently. Uh, I play D and D. Um. I play multiple games because my friend who hosts it is a lunatic, and he just loves D and D games. So and I you so, are in three games right now. I've been. I'm in two, and then one of them is like a space. It's not D&D, but it's like a space game. What's it called? Vanguard. ISS Vanguard. Okay. And we haven't. I haven't started it yet. They were doing it. Oh. I'm joining it. But I have so, a friend who's like hardcore. That's <laughs> what I'll say. So I'm in two D&D games, and I've had D&D on the mind. So I found a podcast called... Real Housewives of D&D. Oh. 
And I'm touching on two very niche things that I think probably our listeners give zero shits about. But I'm and, and the combination probably is like I'm I'm bringing it down to like less than one percent of people who probably care about this. But I will say this podcast called The Real Housewives of D and D. The premise is it's like a real play podcast where they're playing D and D as part of like as the show. But the premise is. Uh, it's a group of Real Housewives, not any like actual cast members. They make their own Real Housewives, who have been dropped into the world of like a fantasy world, and they're like doing stuff and don't realize they have magic and and all the the trappings of D and D. And so they're just kind of making their way through. And it's a really funny story because it's essentially like a bunch of you know. Rich housewives running around in a fantasy land being like, we don't know what's going on, but, but, you know, we're doing our thing. And they capture the energy of housewives so well. (laughs) And it's so funny when put up against the world of D&D. So is it like, because you said it was real play, so they're they're actually playing the game. Yes. It's not not scripted. Nope. So is, is is it, it basically sounds like it's an improv podcast then, right? Yes, they're very funny. I will say it. I looked up who plays the characters, and they're all like comedians and like I hesitate to say not famous because I don't know. I'm not like deep in the comedy world, um, mm. but it seems like people who like, haven't popped yet, perhaps. Perhaps yes. Yeah. Like I don't. They they seem like they're people who in LA who like do comedy, so uh, it's all very funny. There's not like lulls or down, you know pauses they edit it to take those out i mean they they say like oh yes we edit out the like five minutes where somebody's contemplating what they're supposed to do next so it's very tight and the story's good and they're very funny um and i just i've been really enjoying it there's like they're on season two now i think there is maybe i want to say like between 15 and 20 episodes in season one. Um, But yeah, I've been really enjoying it. It's just kind of like a nerdy sort of thing and it scratches the D and D itch, but also it's like not too serious because if you know people who play D and D, there are some really like nerdy ass rules lawyers that make the game not fun. This is very much loose and (laughs) like they let the story go where it's going to go. And it's, it's very entertaining. So I am promoting that. Um, if you at all like tabletop RPG play, I think it's it's uh, it's a light, it's funny, and they do well. The Real Housewives of D&D. Yep. Okay. That sounds cool. It's very fun. Yeah. Try not to join another another game until you drop one, though. That's that's the three three's a three's a, a hefty caseload. I keep getting like snookered into more. I. Yeah. I don't know how to say no to people. So it's like, do you want to play in this game? Do you want to play in this game? And I'm like, I don't know. And then it turns into like, sure. And then I'm playing this game. And I don't dislike it. It's just like, God damn it. It's a lot. You know, there are only so many days in the week. Yeah. And I like to be alone. And I like to have my alone time. And you know what? Now it's getting filled up with D&D. But it is fun. I'm it's a curse and a blessing, a blessing and a curse. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Megan, I hope you, I hope you work it out. 
And uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just in games now. I'm in three games. Maybe one of your characters will die. Uh, almost. A lot of times it's almost. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, hey, everybody. Uh, hope your characters don't die uh, before next week as you listen to another episode of The Elite Beat. Elite Beat. Elite Beat. <laughs>